It's a joy to be able to welcome you to our worship service this morning. It's certainly unusual days, and this is an unusual worship service for us to be able to record this and be able to present this to you online and by way of television without anybody being in our congregation. But know this, that our hearts are one together, even if we're not together in body. And that we're going to be working through this uh, experience that we're having, and we're going to be encouraging one another and growing in the relationship to Christ. So I just want you to sit back this morning and enjoy this worship experience. And then take the Word of God and go ahead and be turning to Second Kings, because we're going to be continuing our messages on revival. And there in Second Kings, we'll be focusing on a story this morning. I'm excited about what God's going to do. I think God will speak to our heart and life. So you join in and let the Lord do what He needs to do in your life. If you would, I'd like for you to take your Bible and turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. We'll be reviewing verses 8 through about verse 17 because a couple of weeks ago, we started this message, a revival message, which continues on that theme that we have, which 2020 is the year of revival. I've been preaching on revival. Every, every message this year has been on revival. And we've been building on that case of revival. And, and last week, we took away a little bit of time in order to talk about fear. And we don't have to fear because of the things that we're facing. But I want to get back on that theme of revival and continue that story. And what we're focusing on at that particular time is that, that the Lord rewards a deeper level of commitment. And we talked about that in relationship to that deeper level of commitment, that casual Christianity is not really how you're going to experience revival. If you just basically want to check in and make sure you have that fire insurance we talked about, but you don't want to let Christ have something to do in your life or rule over your life, more than likely you're not going to experience that revival that you want to experience. It takes a deeper commitment. So here in the Word of God, we have the opportunity to see a story. A story about a Shunammite woman. And that story tells us about someone who had a casual relationship with God, but who chose to have a far deeper relationship with God. Now let me remind you again that anytime we're talking about in the Old Testament about the man of God, such as Elisha, anybody the man of God, how somebody related to the man of God is how they're related to God. So in this story, it's going to be the Shunammite's relationship with the man of God, Elisha, but it really is a picture of her relationship with God. So let's talk about, for just a moment, about how that story came about. It's there in verses 8 through 17. And 8 through 17, it, it talks about the matter that the Shunammite woman, the woman who lived in Shunam, a prominent woman, when Elisha, the man of God, was traveling through there on his circuitry and on his itinerant ministry, that whenever she would see him come in, she would say, to her husband, I think we need to invite him in. And so she would invite him in to come and to eat with them and to fellowship with them. And as he would come in there, he would be that invited guest. And whenever he would, she would want him to come, she would invite him in. But then something very significant happened in the Shunammite's life. She realized that this man was truly a man of God. And she wanted to have a deeper relationship with him. So she told her husband, I, what I believe we ought to do and what I think we need to do is that we need to build this man of God an, an upper chamber in our house. And we need to put a desk there and a chair and, and a bed and a lampstand. And, and we want to make our house his house. We no longer want to be, have him as an as a invited guest. 
We want him, anytime he comes to our city, that he knows he has a place that is his home. And we talked about in that in great detail that there's a far deeper level of commitment when somebody wants to invite another person to actually be in their home and to make their home um, that person's home. That's a big difference than having the occasion of being the invited guest. And whenever she said that in relationship to this man of God, she was saying that to God. God, I want to have a deeper level of commitment with you. I want my home to be your home, and I want to allow you to be always be at home in my family. Well, you know, that's what the Lord wants out of each and every one of us. He wants not to be the invited guest whenever it might be convenient and, and on our schedule, but the Lord wants us to make our home His home. The Lord wants us to allow Him to have free access in, in our lives in every way. That's what the Lord desires. And so this Shunammite woman is serving as an example of what God wants our life to be like, that deeper level of commitment. But you know, whenever she makes that deeper level of commitment, she moves into a special place, a special place where she receives the rewards for this deeper level of commitment. And that first message on it, we talked about that first reward. And that first reward was that the Lord wanted to bless her. You remember in that story, whenever we were looking at that, the man of God asked his servant Gehazi, he said, bring the Shunammite woman to me. And they brought the Shunammite into Elisha. And he said this question, what do you want me to do for you? What do you want me to do for you? You want me to speak to you before the, the king? Do you want me to speak to you before the captain of the army? What is there that you would like for me to do for you? Now, I ask you that question whenever we're studying that passage together. How many of you want the Lord to ask that of you? Whatever needs you have, whatever situation you face, what do you want God to do for you? Well, that's exactly what God was asking that Shunammite woman. Her answer was that I'm, I'm just a simple people and I live among my own people. And basically, she's saying, I don't have any needs and there's nothing that I can really think of that I would want you to do for me. You'd think the story would end there, but it doesn't. Because then what happens, the man of God talks to his servant Gehazi and says, what shall we do for this woman? In other words, whenever she said, there's nothing that I would have you do for me, he says, well, what can we do to bless her? What can we do to meet that need in her life? How can we do something that will reward her for her level of commitment? And Gehazi, that servant, said, well, there's something uh, about this woman that you don't know. She doesn't have any children. She doesn't have a son. And she's longed for one. And so, what did the man of God do? He called the Shunammite woman back in and said to her, Listen, by this time next year, at this time next year, you are going to have a son. And she cries out in her heart and says, Please don't deceive me. Don't deceive me. And what she was letting him know was that I've longed for this child. I've longed for a son all the days of my life. And, and I've put that dream aside because of the fact that of my age or my husband's age, and we've no longer thinking about that, no longer dreaming about that. Please don't deceive me. And, and the man of God wasn't deceiving her. He said, this is going to happen to you. And the last verse of Scripture that we looked at, it says that at that season, the next year, she had a son. 
And what that shows is one of the rewards is God's blessings in your life. Whenever you want that deeper level of commitment, when you want Him to be a part of your family, not just an invited guest, then He chooses and desires to bless you. He wants to do something for you. And how many of us would not desire or want God to be looking for ways that He might bless us in our lives? That's the first reward of a deeper committed life, that deeper level life. But that's not the only reward. See, the second reward we want to look at today, and it's found here in 2 Kings as we continue this story in chapter 4, verses 18 and following. Let's see what happens as the story continues. Listen to what it says. It says, When the child was grown, the son was grown, the day came that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said to his father, My head, my head. And he said to his servant, Carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her lap until noon, and, they di- and then he died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door behind him and went out. And she called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and return. And he said, Why will you go to him today? It is neither new moon nor Sabbath. And she said, It will be well. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slow down the pace for me unless I tell you. So she went and came to the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came about when the man of God saw her at a distance that he said to Gehazi, his servant, Behold, yonder is the Shunammite. Please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. When she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught hold of his feet, and Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is troubled within her. And the Lord has hid it from me, and has not told me. Then she said, Did I ask for a son from my Lord? Did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up your loins, and take my staff in your hand, and go your way. If you meet any man, do not salute him. If anyone salutes you, do not answer him. And lay my staff on the lad's face. And the mother of the lad said, As the Lord lives and as your servant lives, I will not leave you. And he arose and followed her. Then Gehazi passed on before them and laid the staff on the lad's face. But there was neither sound nor response. So he returned to meet him and told him, The lad has not awakened. When Elisha came into the house, behold, the lad was dead and laid on his bed. So he entered and shut the door behind them both and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself on him and the flesh of the child became warm. Then he returned and walked in the house once back and forth and went up and stretched himself on him. And the lad sneezed seven times and the lad opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call this Shunammite. So he called her and when she came in, 
he said to her, Take up your son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground, and she took up her son, and she went out. That's the rest of the story. What does that tell us is a reward that you have when you have a deeper commitment level to God? Well, this is something you need to write down in your notes, you need to put in your heart, you need to write it on your forehead to remember this, that a second of those rewards that you experience is that you experience an audience with God in times of need. Did you hear that? A second reward is an audience with God in times of need. Think with me about that story we just read. That boy, that baby who had been given the Shunammite has now grown up into a lad or a young man. And one day they're out in the field and and he says that his head is hurting. And his father says, take him to his mother, takes him to his mother. He lays in his mother's lap there until he dies. And then his mother takes and picks him up and or has him carried and places him on the bed of the man of God in that special room, that upper chamber that was built especially for the man of God. She places him in that bed and shuts the door behind him. And then she says to her husband, I'm going to go see the man of God. I'm going to go see the man of God and I am going to return. Now, I don't know if you realize how significant that one statement is. First of all, she takes the child and places that child on the bed in that room, especially made for the man of God. This is the place where the man of God or the presence of God dwells in her home. That's the man of God's bed, but she places her son, this one who is now dead, who has a great need, the need of her life, places it on the bed and shuts the door, and she wants to go see the man of God. Her husband doesn't understand why she wants to go see the man of God. It's neither Sabbath nor new moon nor any festival. Why would she go... And she's going because there is a need in her life. There is a desire in her heart. There is something that has to happen. In some way, she needs the man of God to do something in her life. And I want you to notice the great faith that she, that she has and she exemplifies through her words. She tells her husband, she says, I will go and I will return. She's not meaning that she's just going to go tell the man of God what's happened. But she's expecting the man of God to return with her. And she's expecting the man of God and God himself to do something about this need, about the condition of her son. She has great faith. It reminds me of when Abraham took Isaac and he was going to go up on the altar, on the, on the mountain to offer him on the altar of sacrifice as God had commanded. Do you remember what Abraham said to the servants? He says, the lad and I will go up to the mountain and we will worship and we will return. His statement of faith was that they were going to go up there and even though he was commanded to offer Isaac on the altar of sacrifice, that Isaac had to live. He was the child of promise. And because he was the child of promise, it's through him that the lineage of Abraham was going to continue and be multiplied. And for that to happen, Isaac had to live. So even if God would have required that Isaac would have been killed, God would have had to raise him up and bring him back down. And the great faith that Abraham said is that I will go, or we will go, and we will return. That's much like this Shunammite woman who says, I'm going to go see the man of God, 
and I will return. I'm going to come back. I'm going to be here and God's going to show up and he's going to help me. Well, she gets that donkey and the servant and they make their way. She says, do not go slow. You go fast. If you're going too fast, I'll tell you, I want to get to the man of God. I want to get to the man of God. If I can get to the man of God and have an audience with the man of God, the man of God can meet this deep need of my life. You know, one of the things she told her husband as well, and she also tells the servant of the man of God who comes to approach her, is that it will be well. It will be well. Do you hear that statement? God's going to take care of this. In my heart, it's going to be well. Well, when the man of God looks out from Mount Carmel, he sees the Shunammite and and somehow, some way, he's able to recognize that, that that's the Shunammite woman who was his friend and who was committed to God and who had built a place for him in her home. He was familiar with her enough to know that this is her coming. And, and he doesn't know why she's coming, but he sends his servant Gehazi to go and to meet her and to find out why she's coming to see him at Mount Carmel. And Gehazi goes, and whenever he goes, he, he asks her three questions that the man of God had told him to ask. Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your son? Is it well? And, and you remember what she says in that passage? She says, it is well. Well, we know that it was not well in her life at that time. The love of her heart, the desire of her spirit, that, that child that God had miraculously given to her, has now died. So she is certainly not well, except for the fact that she knew that if she could get to God, God could make it well. So the Shunammite, along with Gehazi, they come up and they see the man of God. And whenever they come to see the man of God, this woman, the Shunammite woman, falls down and grabs him by the ankles, and she has grief in her heart. He can tell that she has grief and pain in her life. And as she is holding on, Gehazi comes up and wants to push her away. Don't touch the man of God. Don't be like that. He said, leave her alone. He says, her heart is troubled. Something's wrong with her. And God has not told me already. See, many times God would have told the man of God, she's coming. There's a problem. But he hasn't seen that. He hasn't known that. So the first time he realizes there's this problem, the first time that he realizes there's this need, is when she grabs hold of his ankles and she begins to cry, and she begins to weep, and she says to him, did, did, I, not, did I not tell you not to deceive me? Did, did I not tell you that, that my heart would be broken if something will ha- would happen to my son? And so the man of God realizes that, that the child that had been given miraculously and the child who had now grown up to be a lad, that something has happened to this child. Remember, the man of God is the picture of God. And whenever the Shunammite comes, it wasn't enough for her to talk to the servant of God, the servant of the man of God, Gehazi. She needed an audience with God. And the audience with God is for her to be able to talk to the man of God. That's the audience with God. And she comes all the way and grabs him by the ankles. And he says, don't push her away. Don't make her go away. I want to hear what is on her heart. Do you realize how important that statement was? Do you you realize what that says about 
about any of us who have a committed life. If we have a committed life, that, that means that we have the privilege that when there's a need in our life and, and, and something that's troubling our heart, that we can have an audience with Almighty God. Just as she was able to grab hold of the ankles of the man of God, because of her committed life, she was able to retain that position and maintain that status and did not push her away. It's a picture that God says, if you have a committed life, that you can have this kind of an audience with me. You can have an audience where you come and tell me the desire of your heart or the hurt of your life. You can come and reveal to me what is there and what the need of your heart is. I can't tell you, my friend, how important that is. As as we walk through life, as we journey in our experience with God, and as we go through all the days of our lives, we're going to run through times and difficulties and points of need where we need to be able to come to God. We need to have an audience with Almighty God. Well, I'm here to tell you, when you live a committed life and whenever you've allowed God to be God of your home and resident in your home and not a guest in your home, one of the privileges is to have an audience with God. Well, what happens next in that story? The man of God then tells Gehazi, gives him the staff. Now remember, for a man of God, the staff was usually an imported instrument representing his power, much like the staff that Moses would have carried. And and the staff represented the power of God in his own way. And so he gives his staff to Gehazi, the servant, and he says, I want you to take this staff and I want you to take it and go to her house and place it on the lad that that God might do something and God might do a miracle and he might be resuscitated, he might have his life back. And so it looks like that that's going to be the answer for Gehazi along with the staff to go and to heal the child or the lad. But notice what she said. She said, I will not leave you. She says, the man of God, I will not leave you. It's not enough for your servant to go I need you to go. It's not enough for your servant to carry your staff. I need you and your presence and your power. I'm waiting on you. Well, isn't that exactly where many times we have to be? I mean, today, pastors and ministers and those of us, we are the servants of the living God. And, and we have responsibilities, and, and God uses us to do things, but, but we're not God. And, and therefore, many times it's not enough for us just to have a man of God, a preacher, to come and to minister to our needs. We don't need just a servant of God. We need God to show up. And that's what that woman was saying. I, I'm, not, I'm not going with him. I'm waiting for you, and I'm going when you go. And what happens next is that the the man of God journeys, and he journeys along with that Shunammite woman, and they make their way together towards Shunam, where that house of the Shunammite might be, and, and where that boy was laying on that bed in that room, that chamber that had been especially prepared for him. Meantime, Gehazi made his way, placed the staff on the boy, but the boy did not come back to life. Gehazi comes and says to him, the child has not 
resuscitated. The child has not awakened. And it's like the woman already knew that. She knew she didn't need the servant carrying the staff. She needed the man of God. And the man of God and the Shunammite woman make their way there. And whenever they make their way, he goes into that familiar upper room, that place that is his place in that house. And there laying on his bed is that lad, her son. He shut the door behind him. Very significant. There's no audience for what's going to happen. This this is the man of God and God ultimately taking on responsibility to care for what is the need of this time. Not anybody else is going to do this. It's going to be what God does in that time. And and the man of God, Elisha, then it says, he, he lays on the child, his mouth to his mouth, his eyes to his eyes. He lays on the child. And that whole time he's praying. And, and what he's praying is to God Almighty that God would resuscitate this child, that he would give life back to the child so that the child would be a joy to the mother and that her heart would not be hurting. And when he lays on that child the first time, it says the child's body becomes warm, but he, he's not awakened. He gets up and he walks around the room and he's praying and continuing to pray. Here's this great, awesome man of God who has a wall with God and has performed miracles of Almighty God, but he's still needing to pray and talk and, and to carry out time with God, asking God to do what only God could do. And he goes back the second time and he lays upon that boy and this time, The boy, it says, sneezes seven times. There's significance in that number seven. It's the work of God, the number of God, seven. It says that he sneezed seven times and he came back to life. A miracle has happened. The power of God has been revealed. A work of God has been accomplished. And what did the man of God say? He said to Gehazi, he says, go get the Shunammite. Go get that woman and bring that woman to me. He brings that woman into that familiar room, into that special place that she had prepared for the man of God. And there is her son alive and well. And what she had said is true. It is well. She bows down. She worships. She honors God. She's thankful in heart and she takes her son away with her. And all of that happens Every bit of that takes place because this woman had the privilege and the opportunity to have an audience with Almighty God because of the deep level of her commitment. What a wonderful reward. I don't know about you, but I like to know and I like to think that when I have a deep level of commitment with God, That God gives me the same opportunity that I can bring my needs. I can bow down before Him as though grabbing His ankle like she did the man of God. And to say to the man of God, I have a need and I know you can make it well. And dear God, I ask for you to work. I ask for you to move. And God says that we can have an audience with Him. That He hears. He listens. That He's willing to go with us that He's willing to be involved in that situation, that He's willing to meet that need, He's willing to care for our lives, that is an awesome reward of being committed to the living God. Could I ask you this question? 
Would you examine your heart? Do you have that level of commitment? Do you want the Lord God to be that close to you that He is a resident in your home? You've prepared a place for Him and everything is open to Him. Well, if you want those rewards that we've talked about where God is looking to bless you and wondering how He might bless you and to perform miracles in your life if it need be, then you want that kind of reward. It's because you have a level of commitment. Or, or if you wanted the fact that whenever you face that need in your life and you need God to show up, that you have an audience with God and God does show up and He does mighty things in your life and He answers your prayers, if you want that, that's a reward of that deeper level of commitment. Now next week we're going to talk about that final reward. It's an awesome reward that we have because we have a deeper level of commitment. But today is the day that you need to decide based on just those two things we've talked about already, do you want those kinds of rewards in your life? And if you do, are you willing to say to dear God, I want you, I want you, dear God, to be the resident in my heart, the resident in my home. I want to have a level of commitment that nobody else has. I want to have as deep as I possibly can have that you might be able to reward me in my life because you're an awesome God. And to be able to know, like the Shunammite, that it will be well, that we will go, we will talk to the Lord, and we will return. Now, we're going to have a time of invitation. And the time of invitation is right there in your room, right there where you are. That time of invitation is, is, do you know God that way? If not, you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and into your life. You can do that very simply. By confessing your sin, acknowledging you're a sinner, telling Him that you know He's the Son of God, He died on the cross, paid the price for your sin, asking Him to forgive you of your sin and putting your faith and trust in Jesus. You can do that and have a relationship with Christ. If you've never done that before, you need to do that today. Do not wait another day. Today is the day of salvation. But if you're here and you say, listen, I know. I know that I'm a Christian. I give my heart to Christ. I, I put my faith and trust in Him. Could I ask you, do you have the level of commitment that you know you ought to have? Have you put a deeper faith and trust in God? Have you invited Him to be in that deeper level of your life that you're living for Him, you're serving Him, that you're focused on Him? If you want to have those rewards we talked about, you need to make that commitment and you can do that right where you are. Maybe there's some special need in your life. Right there where you are, you can pray to God. You can ask God to meet that need. And, and if need be, you can call us. Call our office. Leave, leave a message. Let us know if we can help you some way. If we can call you back, pray for you. If we can counsel with you. If we can give you some kind of guidance. We want to do that. Even though we are separated because of the circumstances in our world right now, we are not separated from one another spiritually. And we can have a chance to minister to you and help take care of that need. That would be our awesome privilege. We love you in the Lord. We appreciate you. We're thankful for the opportunity to share God's word with you this morning. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. I thank you for Jesus. And I thank you that through Jesus, we can have a level of commitment, a deeper level than even the Shunammite woman knew because Jesus can live in me because he's forgiven me. But help me, Lord, to follow that example of the Shunammite that I don't want you to just be a guest in my home, in my heart. I want you to be a resident there. 
And I want you to have full reign in my life as Lord of lords and King of kings. And the Lord, each of us would have a longing to have those kind of rewards, that kind of experience in our heart and in our life. And I pray if there's anyone who needs us to talk with us, to counsel with them, to pray with them, that they'd feel free to call and we might have that time to share. We look forward, Lord, whenever we have a chance to be back together. Well, we have a longing in our hearts when we can gather and worship, encourage one another in love and good deeds. But until that time, may the worship and the Word of God continue to be proclaimed from Parker Memorial, right down here in downtown Anniston, to anyone who would hear, who would listen, who would heed. In Jesus' name, amen. That concludes this week's message from Brother Mac. Additional sermons and reference materials are available from our website at parkermemorial.com slash sermon series. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. I have overcome the world. We can help you know the one who can bring you peace. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at Parker Memorial Baptist Church, as well as our website at parkermemorial.com. May God bless you until we meet again.